0: Sycamores are tournament champions. The Ramblers of Loyola, Chicago, and Missouri State is Missouri Valley Conference Tournament Champion. Northern Iowa, back in the NCAA Tournament. S-R-U, S-R-U, S-R-U. <S-R-U. <S-R-U> Wichita State Shockers, winners of the Missouri Valley Conference.
1: Here on the Inside the Valley Podcast, we're excited to look forward to another year of basketball here in the Missouri Valley Conference. And right off the bat, I'm excited to talk uh, with last year's regular season champ. Of course, the Wichita State Shockers have uh, had a historic run of success over the last few years. Uh, But now things are starting to look a little different in Wichita. And here to talk more about uh, how the Shockers uh, go forward without the likes of Ron Baker, Fred Van Vliet, and uh, Evan Wessel. I'm joined by the sports reporter for the Wichita Eagle Kansas.com, dot com covering the shockers and the valley. Paul Sullentrop. Paul, how are things in Wichita?
2: Everything's going well. Everything's going well.
1: We got a beautiful day. We survived the weather last night, so people are, are ready for basketball. Absolutely. It's it's kind of weird that we're uh it's October now and media day here for the league is about uh less than a month away now. It's it's the, the last Tuesday in October here, so uh, we'll find out uh, later on. I'll get your your thoughts on the preseason team and and what, how you think the league may shake out. But first, let's just talk about the team you cover. Um, as I mentioned at the top, those those three uh, pillars of the program that were there for what seemed like forever are no longer there. Um, what can you tell us about what we fans can expect from a Wichita State team that does not have Fred VanVleet or Ron Baker on the floor? I think my read on the situation would be
2: more inconsistent, you know, for all the the great things that those – Three seniors did, and, and you should throw Anton Grady into it, too. You know, he was only around for a year, but he was a pretty important part of that team. So you're losing, you know, three real long-time stalwarts plus a guy who was pretty productive last year in Anton. And I think in addition to all the, you know, obvious things that, that Ron and Fred and Evan did over that long time, here, I think they were just so consistent and that would be, you know, coaches and people around the program would tell you that was everything that they did, you know, the weight room and practices. They came ready to go every day. They just, you know, really understood what the coaches wanted, understood how Wichita state wanted its program to, to go and they did it. And I think that's why this team was, was, you know, so consistent over the last, you know, basically three years of all of all those guys have played a lot Uh, You know, you just knew what you were going to get. Um, Wichita State was basically, they didn't win. They were in almost every game in which those players were healthy. And so this year, I would think maybe you're going to see more ups and downs. You may see them lose a game or two that people weren't expecting, and and that was basically unheard of the last two or three seasons.
1: It's funny, when I look at this roster now, there are uh, two seniors, John Robert Simon and Zach Bush, so when Greg Marshall throws out that schedule to challenge these guys, uh, you got a, a a load of juniors there that will be back for another year that they'll greatly benefit from the challenges that they take on this year. Um, who do you expect to step up in a leadership role uh, in
2: 2016-17? Yeah, that's the big question. And when we talked to Greg uh, late last week, and, you know, he was – still searching for leaders we ask him you know who's coming to practice every day and really setting the setting the tone in the right way and he said they're kind of searching for guys richard kelly is first player he mentioned and richard's been around for a while uh he mentioned zach brown trying to do some stuff but he you know it's it's not like it not like it was not like he's got you know just ready-made leaders that you know know how to do it vocally and by example and have a long track record of success so I don't think he practices are where he wants them to be. Now they have a pretty high bar for practices, so I'm sure they're still getting some things done. But I think there's just a lot of change, a lot of shaking out to do, and a lot of room for people to you know, to, to grow. Uh, they've also had some injuries. And two of the guys who you would maybe expect or, or hope to move into real prominent roles, Marcus McDuffie has missed some time with a knee injury, uh, Landry Shamit. Uh, has been out with a concussion, so there's a lot of a lot of moving parts right now.
1: Connor Frankamp came in as a transfer from Kansas, uh, highly touted. Uh, had his uh, moments, obviously uh, a great uh, outside shooter for the Shockers. Uh, could he be a potential difference maker with uh, the opportunity to have more more shots and scoring chances uh, with the way the team shakes out this year? Yeah, it'll be real interesting to see how he changes. You know now that Ron and Fred are
2: gone, because I think there definitely will be more expectations for him. There were really high expectations when he came in just because of his time as a high school player in Wichita, and you know he was pretty willing to uh you know to let Ron and Fred be the guys last year, and that was of course the the wise choice and the and the easy choice but now there's you know there's more room for him to operate uh, I think I thought he played well in Canada. I thought he played well defensively in Canada or at least made some strides and that's pretty important. And I've heard good things about what he's doing in practice. Uh, so you got to look at his situation, you know, coming in, uh, sitting out, uh, the team that already had real strong established leaders. Now they're gone and he's had time to, you know, really kind of figure out, you know, how he can work in here, what his role is. And I think there's a good chance he will have a, have a very good year, and he can be a really, really important piece of this Wichita State
1: team. Over the last few years, Greg Marshall's been known to challenge his teams with uh, uh, challenging non-conference schedules. This year, no exception. Uh, The Shockers, uh, part of the battle for Atlantis, Uh, Tulsa, part of that that series continuing there. Uh, They'll have Colorado State in the Mountain West, Missouri Valley Challenge, uh, games with St. Louis and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Uh, Obviously, they're going to be tested by the time they get into conference play. Um, but when you look at the league, who do you think might be the toughest challenge that the Shockers will face? It seems like uh, Illinois State, Northern Iowa, have been uh, uh, providing a, a, quite a rivalry for the Shockers in the last few years.
2: Yeah, I think those two schools would probably be at the at the top of the list. You know, we know how how good Northern Iowa is how solid they are with, with Ben Jacobson, uh, Illinois state has kind of been right there, kind of knocking at the door over the last, I mean, going back maybe even five or six years, especially these last two or three years. Uh, they've got some continuity. Uh, I think they've got maybe one of the, or not maybe, I think they've got one of the better point guards in Paris Lee. I really think, uh, McIntosh could be a real, a real star in this league. So they've got some talent. And I I think everybody's intrigued by Missouri State. Uh there may be kind of a you know team that could make a move uh, if things go well for them. They seem to be they've had some bad luck over the last 2 or 3 years for a lot of different reasons, but they've got some real talented players coming coming back. So I would think your 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 challengers, your big games are most likely to come out of that group
1: of those 3 i gonna put you on the spot. Now I asked you about who would be the toughest challenge. I, I won't have you have you give me your entire, uh, ranking of the league, but top three or four, when you do your preseason poll for the league, uh, how do you have it, uh, listed out or how will you have it listed out before we uh, announce it at media day?
2: Yeah, I'll have Wichita state number one. Uh, and I try to remember I did a couple of magazines over the, over the summer. Uh, I think I had Illinois state two Northern Iowa and Missouri state. Those would be my top four. Uh, and then after that, uh, you know, I'm interested in Loyola. I'm interested to see how Milton Doyle does. I think he had a disappointing season last year, but he's certainly a talented guy. And I think the last time we talked to Porter Mosier, he was pretty encouraged by Milton this off season. Uh, you know, that he'd gotten stronger, uh, which should help him a lot. Uh, so I, I think out of that out of that group, that would probably be my top
1: top half of the conference. And your uh, preseason team is going to be kind of interesting. With we had so many seniors last year, and not just the guys there that were in soccer uniforms, but uh, uh, DJ Ballantyne and the Gideon Miscaviges being gone. Uh, we, you know, we, we talked all of all last year about how those how those seniors uh, played a significant role for so many different teams in the league. But uh, things look a whole lot different in the league this year. Yeah, he lost Devon Purcell
2: um, Wes Washburn. Yeah, there was just really a whole lot. Of, I think Brenton Scott is the only one out of the yeah. top top ten who's coming back. Yep. Uh, you know, if I had to go with an all Valley team, I think I mentioned Flea. Lee. Uh, really like McIntosh from Illinois State. Jeremy Morgan from Northern Iowa. He really ended the season, you know, on a on a good note. I think he would be, you know, definitely one of those top five guys. Out of Wichita State, I think there's a lot of candidates. I guess I would go with Marcus McDuffie. He seems just kind of to be the, you know, the, maybe the slight leader. Had a really nice freshman year. Um, you know, Reed Timmer is a guy that uh, he put up some really nice numbers. Had a good, good season at Drake. So out of that group, and then of course you'd have to throw Brent Scott in there. Uh, you know, after what he did, after what he did last year, Milton Doyle would be another guy you'd really like to see. He could really.
1: Help the help the conference and help Loyola if he could, you know, maybe take a, a,
2: a big step forward.
1: And finally, uh, someone flying under the radar that we may or may not be paying attention to. Anybody that sort of uh, stands out from you in that—that's an under a radar that could uh, make a difference this year. Uh, as far as a player, or a yeah, team? a player, a player. Uh,
2: you know, I guess any of those guys from Missouri State. I, I think today yeah. they know, really had some talented guys, uh Obadiah Church and uh Chris Kendricks. I don't know if they're exactly under the radar. Certainly if you're a Missouri State fan, they're not. Sure. You know, they're under the radar guys, but you know, Missouri State, you know, wasn't really in the race last year, so if you were a Valley fan, maybe you weren't paying full attention to them. Uh, you know, and begin uh, with a lot of those guys, you're talking about guys that are really talented but need to, you know, take some kind of step forward, whether that's, you know, staying out of foul trouble or whether it's, you know, bumping up their free throw shooting to where it's acceptable. Uh, I would think that those two, you know, especially, I really like Kendricks. Uh, I think he's a guy, if you get, you know, another year older, you get more consistent, you get more mature, can maybe go from kind of a, you know, an honorable mention all Valley guy to a, to
1: a first team all Valley guy. All right. Well, Paul, I've got to ask all of the folks that I'm talking with doing this little basketball preview. I'm kind of curious. You tend tend to get around the league pretty well. Um, Can you give me one of your favorite establishments, uh, one in Wichita uh, in terms of a restaurant or whatnot, uh, and then one outside of Wichita within the league that uh, you like to frequent when you are on your travels within the Missouri Valley Conference?
2: Okay. Well let's see. If I was a Valley fan traveling to Wichita, oh, I guess I would I would uh recommend there's a couple of pizza places that I really like. Uh one is called uh Nola's Pizza, uh and then one is called Ziggy's Pizza. And Ziggy's is actually named for a former Wichita State basketball player, Ziggy McKee. And they have a pizza called the Cheese Johnson, and Cheese Johnson is, a, is also a former Wichita State basketball player. So there's some Wichita State. Got to go way back uh, to remember those guys. Sure. So I would those would both be good places to go. Uh, both are reasonably close to the arena. Um, let's see. When I'm on the road, the first place that jumps out, I really like Hoops in Peoria. It's right across the street from the hotel that I usually stay at there in downtown Peoria. And I am totally into the whole Peoria scene. I really wish Bradley would get, get better because it's a lot more fun when, you know, when there are big crowds at the, at this at the civic center. Uh, but I like hoops because it's right across the street from the hotel. You can go in there, uh, get a slice of pizza. They're open to like four in the morning. So after a game, you can get something to eat. Uh, the other place I like, uh, i kind of developed a fondness for, fondness for is a place called Moggers in, uh, in Terre Haute. It's not not far from the arena, but it's a little bit off the off the beaten path, and they have pretty good food.
1: All right, Paul. I appreciate it. I'm going to try and collect all these thoughts and maybe dig deeper at Media Day and ask uh, some of the more uh, additional folks that are there and get their opinion on this. This will be a nice little fun project for me, hopefully.
2: Yeah, lots of good places to eat around the valley, and that's definitely something that, uh,
1: that I look forward to. All right, that's Paul Sullentrop. Give him a follow on Twitter at Paul Sullentrop. Writing uh, for the Wichita Eagle, Kansas.com. Paul, we'll see you uh, at media day and uh, this coming fall and winter as uh, the season jumps off. I'll be there. Thanks, Derek. All right. Thanks so much for your time, sir.
0: Don't miss your chance to see who will hoist the hardware at the 2016 Missouri Valley Conference Women's Soccer Championship, presented by the Pentagraph and WJBC Radio. Get to Adelaide Street Field in Normal, Illinois, November 4th and 6th, as the Valley crowns its champion. For tickets and more information, call 309-438-8000 or visit GoRedBirds.com. The Missouri Valley Conference, where champions make history.
1: Continuing to preview the 2016-17 Missouri Valley Conference men's basketball season here on the Inside the Valley podcast, Derek Dockett here, and now we're going to talk a little bit about the Indiana State Sycamores. Sycamores uh, in uh, 2015-16 had a decent year, but uh, as many teams transitioning, Brenton Scott returning for the Sycamores, was a second team all-conference player, but we'll get more uh, details from somebody who knows the team better than I do, that sees them more in a uh, uh, closer basis, and even was a former Sycamore himself, uh, a uh, Valley uh, All-Conference selection played back in 1997-2001. Uh, pleased to welcome in Matt Wren, who does uh, color commentary for the Sycamores on the radio. Matt, how are things in Terre Haute today?
0: Oh, wonderful, Derek. Thanks for having me.
1: No, I, I appreciate your time for uh, setting aside to talk more about the team this year, and honestly, let's just jump right into things. You'll know better than I do when I look at uh, the Sycamore roster for this year uh, There are names that I definitely know Familiar, um, but there's four seniors On the roster, uh, everybody knows Brenton Scott and how he can just explode For points, but when you look up and down This year's roster um, What sort of stands out for you For the uh, the Sycamore team in 2016-17 About who could be a dif- difference maker And who might be the leader of this team uh, In this season Yeah, I mean it's,
0: it's going to be A different roster this year, I think the last Several years we've been a, a guard Uh, dominated team, and I think that's going to continue a little bit with Brenton Scott and his scoring, but uh, we have a lot more depth on the inside uh, this year. Uh, Amandre Rickman, a freshman, last year is back. Brandon Murphy played a lot of minutes. He's back um, on the inside. Uh, Matt Van Soik there um, playing the four is back, and then some newcomers, Bronson Kessinger, um, redshirt last year, plays inside, and then Nils Boone-Skolben, who who, who came on late at the end of last season, um, gives us some more depth inside, so it's a team where we've got a lot of depth there, but we don't have a lot now um, uh, in the, in the backcourt. So you look at some guys who are going to have to step up in that position. You lose a guy like Devontae Brown, the leading scorer last year. You lose a guy like Christian Smith. Um, you definitely got a void to fill at the, the two and three spots. But uh, Everett Clemens, the guy who, who played really well in the conference season, rebounded the ball well, he's, he, he's come on as kind of the leader, the emotional guy of the team, the guards. Um, he's going to distribute the basketball. But really, that's, I think they're really the key to this team is who's going to fill in at that two and three spot, who's going to show that they can score um, from that position, and, and we don't know yet. Got some newcomers there, uh, Demonte Ojanaka, who's probably going to slide into that three spot um, to start with. Donovan Franklin, another another transfer there, uh, just a sophomore, big body, 6'5 guy who could be in there. And then a St. Louis native there, Jordan Barnes, a freshman, He'll get some time there as well, a very talented um, a guard. Who, all these guys are newcomers, but we're going to be asking them to contribute early.
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny because this time last year, everyone was talking Fred VanVleet and, and Ron Baker, uh, and the Sycamores had two seniors. You mentioned Kristen Smith. And Devontae Brown and those guys meant a lot to that program, probably just as much as you know when you think about what what Van Vleet and Baker did for Wichita State in that same time span. But these guys play in that same era where well, we had a lot of seniors. That sort of was the the story of last year. And now you you, you talked about right. flipping the, the the script to the to the new season and, and things look a little different. Um, does this mean do you do you look at the roster and think that the scoring opportunities now for for Brent Scott, that, that that's changed things. He's going to have an opportunity now to become a first-teamer and potentially have himself in the running for being a, 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 a ty- having the type of season to being a potential player of the year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think usually the player of the year has to be a, a team that finishes first, second, or third there. And, and if Indiana State finds himself in that spot, that would be wonderful. Um, I don't know if we're going to be quite there yet. I think sure. he's just talented and can be there, I think he's going to be uh, definitely the focal part of our offense. He averaged almost 16 points a game last year, uh, let us in Valley play, and, and the kid can fill it up. Um, and we're going to need to do that even even more this year. And He, he is a talented, fearless scorer, and um, it can be one of those situations where our offense is, is probably at least to start with is going to have to be run through him. And I think for me that's, you know, who else is going to, who else is going to step up and score? Um, I mean, that's my biggest concern there with this team so far is, you know, we're going to have someone come in there and, and give us those points that are missing. Devonte Brown 16 points a game, Christian Smith at 10 points a game, and so maybe a situation where we just have to have four or five guys step up and you know average eight, nine points a game instead of having maybe one or two people emerge.
1: Looking at the Sycamores' non-conference schedule, some uh, uh, attractive games on there of some uh, a number of teams from Power Five conferences. They'll have uh, games against Ball State, Iowa State. Uh, potential matchups, Stanford, Miami, uh, Utah State's part of the Mountain West Challenge with the Valley, and then Butler and Western Kentucky and Valpo as well. Um, a lot of opportunities there for some growth uh, for the team before they even get in the Valley play, I guess, huh?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, this is the, not an easy non-conference schedule for especially with the well, – we got some experience coming back, but you know, some a lot of newcomers are going to be asked to – to contribute a lot more. And you look there, um, you know, the advocate invitation, We start off playing Iowa state and then, you know, win or lose, we'll get you a Stanford or Miami. So we got a couple of power conferences there. And then, you know, later on down, it, you know, gets, gets tough. You got to go to Utah state. who's traditionally been a, a great program. Um, you got Butler at home and, and we know how good they've been. And then, uh, Western Kentucky and Valparaiso, two, two good, been major programs. Yeah. So, um, not going to be easy, not a lot of easy wins there in that, that first part. So, you know, we're going to find out, I think, right away exactly
1: where we stand. And that leads into conference play. And I think this year, um, obviously, it seems that Wichita State maybe picked uh, uh, top of the league again. We'll find out that on media day later this month. Um, but I think a number uh-huh. of teams see an opportunity now that uh, with the league getting a little younger, that they can sort of uh, find their way and improve uh, their future in the league. Um, I'm sure Coach Greg Lance has got to have the same thought that, you know, even with some youth and even with a different looking roster that, uh, you know, with <laughs> all these coaches have said it before numerous, numerous occasions that they're happy to see Baker and Van Vliet graduate because now they can sort of uh, find their way and, and sort of uh, see the league. Maybe uh, someone else have an opportunity, I guess. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's more open. Um you know, I think as far as winning the
0: league, yeah, you love to see them graduate. I'm going to miss those two. I just love watching them play. I mean, they just play basketball the right way, and I enjoyed watching their teams. But you're exactly right. I think teams feel so like they can win it. I think the last couple of years, I think teams thought they could, but I think they realized Wichita State was just, was just too good. And I don't I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I think, you know, I think Wichita State's probably going to be picked um, number one. But, I mean, there's a couple teams knocking on the door there. I think Illinois State's going to be really good. I think Northern Iowa is probably going to be even, even better there. Um, come out there strong finish last year there. Jeremy Morgan, the way he played in the tournament. I thought Clint Carlson was one of the best players in the league um, towards the end of the conference season. So I think Northern Iowa is going to be tough. I think they'll be right there with Wichita. And, I don't know my state always has talent. You McIntosh back, Paris Lee back, uh, Hawkins back, and those guys are, are really good. I think those three teams are, are probably going to be the teams that are, are going to compete for that tough spot.
1: If you were looking around the league uh, and talking to individual players right now, uh, who might be somebody that, for you, might fly under the radar? I think a lot of people have in their mind who might be the, the preseason uh, all-league team, and I'll ask you about that in a second. But if you had to pinpoint somebody from around the league, and it could be any in the state, um, that you think might fly under the radar that people may or may not be paying a lot of attention to. Well, I mentioned earlier,
0: I think Clint Carlson. Yeah. um from northern Iowa there. I mean he towards the end of the year he you know he was able to play a five spot, to guard you know, they were switching up there on high ball screen. He can guard three positions up there. Yet he can step out and knock down a three pointer, um, can handle the ball. Um just seven point four points per game last season um but that wasn't what he averaged in, in conference play and that's not who he was at the end of the year. So I think a lot of people look at him and, and look at those numbers and you know he'll get overshadowed by Jeremy Morgan there. But
1: you know, I think Towards the end of the year, um, there's going to be a lot of people talking about that young man. All right, if you uh, give me a top four <laughs> or five, what, how do you think? What do your your preseason uh, Valley ballot look like for uh, the uh, preseason poll?
0: Well, I'm I'm going to go ahead and, and status quo here with Wichita State. It's hard to bet against him. Yeah. Um, and then you know when you got Marcus McDuffie coming back, Shannon who got hurt last year, and then train camp, and you got Shaq Morris inside. I mean, there's still plenty of talent. They got a system there. They got a program. Coach Marshall does such a good job and they got a culture of winning. And those are all you know things that, that add up um, to winning. And that's what they've done. I'd put Northern Iowa at number two. and I think they're going to be right there. I really do. Um, Coach Jackson just does a tremendous job there as well. And they're always set up well. And they and they lost some players. You know, They lost them. They got Cook back. They got Carlson back. They got Morgan back. They're going to be tough. Illinois State, I talked about them. McIntosh, Lee. I got them at at third, I think Southern, um, Illinois had a great year last year. You know, they got Rodriguez, then newcomers who, who played really well, but Smith-Peters is back, O'Brien's back for them. Um, Armond Fletcher, another guy that I think people are going to be talking about, um, talented, um, athletic. Um, I got them at four. And I think to round up the next two, probably Missouri State at
1: five, they got a lot of guys coming back from their team, and then Loyola at six. All right, all right. And then a preseason all-league team? This is tough, you know, and we'll see as it goes on. I you know, I think you look at it, I think Jeremy
0: Morgan's going to be um, on that team. I think uh, McIntosh has to be on that team. I think Brendan Scott has to be on that team. Um, I put Paris Lee on that team. And I'm going to slide. I mean, you're going to think I have a love affair with this kid, but I'm going to put Carlson there on that fifth <laughs> slot there. Um, but then you could go with guys like Milton Doyle. um you know, we'll see what kind of year that, you know, McDuffie has or maybe Shaq Morris there at Wichita State. You know, there's such parity on that team. I don't know if one of those guys will will emerge. But there's plenty of talent across yeah. the league.
1: Yeah. I, I'll admit, I had no clue, and I watch a lot of basketball. I, I watch everything I can watch on ESPN3. And I'm pretty sure I saw uh, Clint Carlson at some point, but not until Arch Madness. It's kind of like, wow, this guy's sort of come out of nowhere and it's been a difference maker, and he was for the through the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament for another hour. So you're right. No, uh, he's, he certainly could uh, make take the next step in his career there at, at UNI. So uh, my final question for oh, you, right. and, and as you uh, are a Sycamore Hall of Famer, actually, and, and a, a Valley uh, alum as yourself, I'm asking folks that I talk to to sort of give me uh, their thoughts on uh, restaurants or establishments around the league they've been to. Uh, so I'm curious, for you as uh, a Terre Haute guy, if you could pick one place in Terre Haute that you tell Valley fans when they're in town to visit, uh, what would that place be? And then around the league as well, one of your favorite places, uh, not in Terre Haute, elsewhere in the league that uh, you sort of like to frequent. Oh, man, you're making it,
0: make it <laughs> tough. I here in Terre <laughs> Haute, I've seen most people around the Holman Center. Uh, the Copper Bar is great. Um, tremendous pizza there. they got wings there kind of your sports bar um like atmosphere. Um if you want a good selection of beers, several places there, Moggers, just off the path a little bit, um, is tremendous. But a lot of little local joints right there around town. If you want some, you know, high end food, you want the maybe the best meal in town, J Ford is a is a place to go, which is right around the Holman Center um as well. But now I'm racking my brain. Um
1: <laughs> and I didn't worry you about this one but, either. That's my bad.
0: You no know, yeah she's getting some time on this you know usually um yeah we eat a lot of times wherever the teams eat and, sure. and i'm trying to think we have a couple couple spots there and in, in, in omaha we would go um craig was still in the league but um oh
1: nothing that, that popped out immediately I'm think. that's your Ebbets favorite
0: there filled there in missouri, that missouri state okay we, we enjoy that place what they call that um
1: yeah man needed uh need a little heads up on that one that's all right that's all right that's my fault there (laughs) (laughs) evansville's a great place i've I've been there a couple (laughs) times too that's that's i think that'll come up again as i continue to ask the question well i appreciate you taking the time sir and uh definitely we'll see you uh during my travels as the season gets off it's hard to believe that media day for us is uh less than a month away the last tuesday in october so uh at that, from this point on, I know the team there has started practice already, so uh, it's about time to, to tip it off and get going. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, I'll be here you. sooner than later,
0: but I'm, I'm ready for college basketball to start.
1: Absolutely. Thanks again, Matt, for your time. Appreciate it.
0: No problem, Derek. Take care.